This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. National Weather Service Grand Forks-based meteorologist Carl Jones says the warm spell that we're experiencing is going to last through the week, uh, through the end of the week, before cooling down. The current warmth that uh, we're seeing today, um, it should uh, get a little bit more towards normal um, starting right around tomorrow. And uh, normal in terms of temperatures is into the 30s, uh, still you know lower 30s for daytime um, temperatures and then getting into the uh, uh, 20s for nighttime. That should continue through Sunday, and then we get into Monday. Uh, we have a, a brief chance of seeing maybe some, uh, some light snow across the area at around Monday as we have a front move through. And that snow possibly could cover Minnesota and uh, eastern North Dakota. And then getting into Tuesday and Wednesday, there is a system that moves through the central plains and into the upper Midwest. The favorite outcome and the, the, the scenario um, kind of keeps the associated precipitation and snow um, mainly within Minnesota and bypasses um, the Red River Valley to the east. Um, but there still is a small chance that some of this snow could get um, into portions of the southern Red River Valley. And then uh, behind the system, getting midweek into late next week, uh, Wednesday and beyond, we start to see colder temperatures. World Weather Incorporated says no relief is expected to the dryness in the western central U.S. plains, but rain is expected tonight and tomorrow from the Texas Panhandle through Oklahoma and North Texas. The wheat areas of Kansas, Colorado, and Nebraska are expected to miss out on the rain and remain dry for the next two weeks. The Northern Plains is expected to be mostly dry with occasional snow flurries through next Thursday. Several more days of significant rain will impact northeastern Brazil, where World Weather Incorporated says some flooding could occur. Central and southern Brazil and Paraguay will miss some of the rains and see good planting progress. Widespread rains are expected to redevelop next Thursday and continue through the following Wednesday, bringing timely rains to the remainder of central and southern Brazil and Paraguay. Argentina will be mostly hot and dry through early next week before light rains return Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. World Weather says the following week will not be totally dry, but any rain that does fall will be too light to improve soil conditions. Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier says while Brazil's crop is off to a good start, Argentina is a concern. They're very dry. Uh, corn planting was very slow. And about three-quarters of the corn is going to be planted late this year in Argentina, which is probably the most ever. And for the soybeans, a very slow planting as well. It's just too dry. And usually the forecast, uh, the actual rainfall has been less than the forecast for the last, well, I'll say, a couple of months. And going forward, it doesn't look much better. It's all La Nina impact in Argentina. And Cordonier says Brazil, though, is doing okay. Uh, could be better. There's some dry pockets in central Brazil. But they're getting some rain. Uh, so Brazil is going to be sort of okay. And if they keep getting rain, maybe better than okay, maybe no. Uh, a really good crop remains to be seen. But uh, Argentina's a problem this year for sure.
Summit Commodity Market Analyst Tim Marsh says the biggest issue facing the grain market is Argentina's weather. First two minutes of market, both corn and beans had traded to uh, corn two or three higher and two or three lower and, and start out lower. Beans, same kind of a deal, only about a nickel up or down initially and then up. And we did get a nice little run of the beans up to a chart area that offers some resistance at 1448 at the high today, and then the market immediately wilted and is, is down a little bit right now. But I think uh, today be just a good day to eat leftovers and not worry too much about the market. While it's not a big shipping season, Marsh says the Argentine government is trying to get its farmers to sell soybeans. I think an un- unexpected pop in the cash cattle market on Wednesday, four or five bucks up in the southwest and, and nearly that much in the in the Corn Belt. But it was uh, really anticipated. The market uh, isn't paying much attention today. Uh, to the-, the reason that's important is that the Argentine government gets a lot of government revenue from taxes on exports of, of beans and grains and and uh, the sales of, of grain. So it generated, I believe, several billion dollars in revenue for the government at that time. And there, of course, that government's always cash-strapped. So the, it sounds like they're going to, going to do that again for the month of December. Could be a little bit negative for the bean market. Um, I'm not sure it's the overriding factor. The weather will be, but, you know, it's one of those deals where that's probably a little negative for beans going forward. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo says Argentina's drought is supporting the grains, especially the wheat market. It's probably helping us in the corn as well, especially given that the uh, weekly export sales there were very decent of 1.85 million tons. Interesting to note that Mexico uh, took over 90% of that total. And uh, we, I think, have the corn market finding actually some underpinning and, and maybe even the leader to the upside, and also maybe because uh, it is the leader to the upside, we might be seeing some commodity spread unwinding where the trade had been buying soybeans and selling corn, the weekly export sales today, really pretty disappointing, well under a million metric tons. The top-end trade guess was 1.7. Zuzalo says traders are also watching the U.S. drought monitor. continues to show Nebraska at 100% of the winter wheat and drought, uh, Montana at 83, Texas 85, Colorado 99, and Kansas uh, by far the biggest state for the wheat crop, still sitting just under 90%. So I think the trade, you know, is going to have to contend with the situation of really tough supplies looking forward. And I'd say also in the European wheat market, it's been uncommonly strong ever since the trade deal got renewed with the grain corridor. Uh, wheat lasted in, uh, in France and Paris on the futures exchange up almost 2.5% today. So another key indicator to watch on Sunday night's trade, I think. Export sales report showed beef export sales at 13,000 metric tons, down 4% from the previous week. Pork export sales at 46,000 metric tons, down 81%, or rather 81% more than the previous week. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota Bison Association's Legends of the Fall event begin today in Albany, Minnesota. Minnesota Bison Association Executive Director Adam Albrecht talks about the upcoming events. The banquet is taking place tonight, uh, and then our fall sale starts at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. And we are auctioning off uh, 198 total head of bison and 69 of them being judged animals, show animals, so your breeding stock and the rest are production. 
But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great day. We have a lot of great animals coming to central Minnesota, but you don't have to be here in central Minnesota to purchase or to watch the, the sale. It's going to be also simulcast using quality auction services website. Albrecht says the Legends of the Fall event are not limited to Minnesota bison ranchers. Sale animals will come from as far away as Washington State. This is the 26th annual uh, show and sale. We as an association have been around for nearly 30 years, but we have uh, members all across the upper Midwest and really across the United States and actually into Canada. We represent a, a wide swath of, of bison ranchers all around. We have uh, 18 consigners, and some of them come all the way from Washington State up by the Canadian border. So we have people from, I think, uh, four different states consigning, and I'd be surprised if we don't have buyers from at least six different states tomorrow. The headlines are filled every day with stories about inflation and rising interest rates. Farmers National Company Senior Vice President of Strategy, Sales and Marketing, Matt Gunderson, says that hasn't hurt land values. There's a lot of cash out there yet, and so we think a lot of that cash is getting applied uh, to these land sales and then financing some debt to it. But it'll be, you know, when the cash kind of gets uh, burned through a little bit, we'll be able to see what that's really going to measure up to. In the droughty areas, Gunderson expects cash rents to hold steady. The areas receiving beneficial rain will see 5 to 10 percent rate increases for 2023. There's been some minor adjustments in the length of these rental agreements. Uh, if we're looking at you know, the Red River Farm Network area, we're still seeing multi-year terms uh, for certain things, especially if you're starting to tie in uh, you know, potatoes or sugar beets into that uh, crop rotation things. They're going to need that multi-year contract uh, from a lease standpoint. Uh, other areas, we're still seeing year-to-year -year leases um, with that, and so that's allowing those cash rents and other things to adjust to market cycles. We also have seen sort of that bonus flex provision come into some of those leases as well for those times are good, so you're not having to try to figure out how you negotiate that previous good year into next year's lease. Growth Energy Senior Vice President for Regulatory Affairs, Chris Bliley, says the Inflation Reduction Act incentivizes organizations to take advantage of tax credits by implementing cleaner energy processes. A real tremendous opportunity for biofuel producers uh, with the clean fuel production credit as well as the sustainable aviation fuel credit. Um, you know, really what it does is incentivize and give value to biofuel producers who, are, who produce fuels that reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And so really it's capturing the innovations that our plants are doing today or investing for for the future. So benefits to the American consumer with lower cost biofuels that also help address climate. And the EPA is currently seeking public input on a new subset of uh, the uh, IRA related programs. American Soybean Association's chairman, Kevin Scott from Valley Springs, South Dakota, has been preparing for the 2023 Farm Bill for over a year. We have had uh, farmers got together, our board members got together, we asked uh, other board members of other organizations um, about a year ago what our priorities should be coming up. Uh, you know, the typical things that come up are uh, uh, we need to uh, improve our, our base price that we get for our commodity. Uh, um, the levels of uh, assurance under the under the bad prices, bad crops, and so forth uh, that soybeans have had have never been triggered. So uh, on the farm bill, so we just we need to move that up so that it is actually a safety net and not uh, not just a, a number that government uses to uh, to say, well, we're going to support you at this level. We've never dipped into that.
Scott says, like many other commodity groups, crop insurance has also been a big focus. Strong management skills are a must for successful dairy farmers. Most of these successful farmers really have pretty flexible business plans, and they think about long and short-range goals. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Mikkel Pates. Mikkel, what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week? Well, this is kind of a fun sort of holiday-type story. Uh, I'm interviewing uh, the Shibes, uh from down in uh, Lemoore, North Dakota. The, uh, they are the folks that have the, the Toy Farmer Enterprise. Uh, the Toy Farmer is a magazine, and they do manufacture of... Uh, toys that go with a uh, national toy farm show that they do every year down at Dyersville, Iowa. But uh, uh, it was a couple, Claire and Kathy Scheibe, that started this. Uh, they're farmers that got into this, and and uh, it is an enterprise that's continued. Uh, Claire died in about 22 years ago now, but Kathy at AB2 is still running the show and making it uh, happen. And uh, they're just kind of uh, probably nationally, internationally important in that little niche of things of farm toys that have, a lot of farmers have uh, some connection to. And so it's a, an interesting look at how they got into it and uh, how it's progressed over the years. And they were even in the manufacture of toys for a time during the early 80s kind of interesting for me i'm always interested in how people fared through the farm crisis years and and while the farm economy was a kind of collapsing their farm toy business was taking off so they you know have that aspect to their lives too it's kind of a, a window into an iconic farm family and farm related hobby sounds interesting looking forward to reading about that in next week's ag week and let's check numbers here. Uh, we're lower across the board here in the wheats, uh, uh, down two to a, two cents in Minneapolis, twenty-two in Chicago, nine in Kansas City. Corn's trading four higher. Soybeans down a couple of pennies. Livestock markets: live cattle twenty-five to thirty lower. Feeder cattle are trading thirty-seven to fifty-seven lower. Lean hogs are trading twenty to thirty-five cents lower. Thanks for joining us. Have a great Friday. This is the Red River Farm Network. <laughs>